from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. wow. I'm co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, joined by my hmm, amazing partners in crime. Uh, it was a long pause there, like anything could have happened. I, I was just trying to think of something brilliant and witty, but as usual, <laughs> you know, could only come up with partners in crime. Our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. And James St. James, editor of The Wow Report. Welcome back, James. Thank you. You know, Tom, it looks like you are in like the hallway of a school or something. For our listeners who can't see, where are you? What what is are you in a church? Are you I'm in, in my my flat in Windsor, United Kingdom, and this very limited lighting option. So I've made it as dark in the room as possible. I have one lamp blast blasting toward my face. That's my kitchen behind me. I must say you look gorgeous. And as a reminder, you can watch this show on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents every week and it has extra content little bits of badinage but but also you know tom talk about tom looking gorgeous um you recently posted on your instagram you posted your passport picture and i gotta say hubba hubba well you look very very nobody has a good passport picture you are the only person on the planet who looks good in a passport picture Photo credit, Theron Smothers. Thank you, Theron, for bringing out my beauty. always the best at that, isn't he? He has a good eye. I'm wondering if you can use those Lenza avatars as your passport photo. Yes, where you're like an astronaut or a superhero. Yeah, I would like to use that, yes. Um, All right, well, let's let's start the countdown. Uh, Tom, number 10. Number 10. Well, this is a topic that I'm going to bring up, but it's for all of us. And that is Madonna, queen of all pop, ah. has announced something she she swore she would never do. Yes. And she's going out one more time on a world tour. And this time, finally, for the first time at 64, whatever she is, she's doing 40 years of hits. The Madonna yes. Celebration Tour. Hoy boy. And I'll just start off by saying, and I want to hear from you guys, her... I thought her video that she did, her comic video, which was a parody of, you know, Truth or Dare with a bunch of comedians. She was surrounded at a table with like, you had to watch it with Amy Schumer, Lil Wayne, Diplo, Jack Black, Judd Apatow, Megan uh, Stalter, and Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, was fucking hilarious. And it felt like she was kind of making fun of herself. Just when you've written off Madonna as like beyond you can cranky. never ever write her off, can you? <laughs> She's back, and I have gone back and forth. I don't have tickets. I get so choked up. I, the, 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 the demand. Anxiety? For- the anxiety. Yes, yeah. the anxiety of, am I getting the best one? Should I be spending more? And I just put it off, and I'll end up spending thousands of dollars probably the night before or something. I got a ticket. Oh, wow. I've never, uh-huh. I've never seen her before, and I'm not a big fan of her later, her latest album, so... I figured, like, this is the greatest hits tour. This would be the best time to see her. So well, I'm doing it. I mean, Fenton, we know how you are. Tom, do you have a top three songs that you want to hear that you need to hear on this? I don't know. I was thinking back, and I'm, you know, I'm a little delusional, but I went to a lot of MTV Music Awards, video music awards back in the day before I worked at MTV Enduring. Lucky. And I think I saw her perform the famous Vogue. I'm pretty sure I'm not yeah, making that up. Yeah. I think I saw her do the Express Myself. Ah, um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's hard to match any of those. She did do, uh, I, I saw not the last tour, but the one, I went to Miami to see her um, when she was kind of like Rebel in Spanish clothes. And she sang La Isla Bonita. She did some of the hits. Oh, that but, would be a good one. But that would be a good one. What, what do you have? What do you have? Well, I well, I definitely before Fenton go. I definitely deeper and deeper is my all time favorite. Great I choice. love deeper and deeper. I love. Um, I would love to see like maybe some of the Avita songs or like League of Their Own, some of the movie stuff like that. I would love all of that. Fenton, where are you? Oh come on, Vogue. I mean, it is probably the greatest song of all time, I'm followed there with by you. the second greatest song of all time, Music. 
Um, oh, okay. Totally. I remember going to the music party with you when it came out. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I, you know, I've been, I like Tom, I've not gotten the ticket. I have been sort of reading the coverage and still stunned at people's sort of age of phobia. Like, who cares? Oh, yeah, come on. Exactly. Get over one. It. And then number two, like people saying that was a disgusting video and, and just, I oh, like, just, uh, like a prayer, that would be a good one like for her to do. A prayer. I want, yeah. I want um, drowned world substitute for love, but I also want burning up and lucky star. You know, burning up and lucky star. I think I've told you that when I was seventeen, she performed at, the, at a gay club that I used to go to, the Copa in Fort Lauderdale. And the weekend after Devon. Yeah, it was the weekend. Divine played Friday, and she played Saturday. And it was this tiny, tiny stage, like the size of the, your desk, Fenton. And she, I was in front row, and she lip-synced to Burning Up. And uh, um, It's uh, hot. Yeah. Was her brother dancing with her with the backup tapes? Was that how it was? No, no it was just her, and literally, because nobody else could fit on the stage. It was that small. You know what else I'd like to hear is, um, is Live to Tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or or crazy for you, one of those oh, two. Crazy, crazy for you. for you. I heard it. And on I, the I still love um, "Open Your Heart." I love it. Oh, open, love yeah. open, open your heart, heart is one of my yeah. all time faves. That that is that's that's a perfect. Song. I'm totally with you on that. Love open. Your heart. And come on, get into the groove. I mean, yeah. if you want to synthesize a loop, there is no other yes. better than that. Um, and the video, Darren, go I, to the video I, right now. Benton, and I know going you're to going to get tickets. So buy one in your pack for me and I'll pay you back. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, exactly. Take all of us. And I just think it's really exciting because, you know, only a few weeks ago, she was so over, right? You know, the, the Madame X store wasn't that well received. And everyone was like, she's over, she's finished, she's done. And this feels like she's suddenly famous all over again. Massive, mega you know, who's Taylor Swift? You know, it's like, it's just amazing. I'm so excited. And the other announcement, Bob the Drag Queen, who I mentioned was in that video, Bob Dra the Drag Queen is going to go on tour with her and be her opening act. It was wow. a big, big week for drag queens. Shangela was on Good Morning America pushing her concert. Bob the Drag Queen's on the Madonna tour. And Jinx Monsoon made her Broadway debut in Chicago. So fabulous. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Let's move on. Uh, tickets are on sale for the Madonna concert. Good luck trying to get them. Um, number nine, James. Number nine. Oh, I'm going to be a cranky pants here. I, for all three of mine, I'm going to be cranky pants because I, I watched Tar, you know, the, the, the movie that's getting all the acclaim. I, I, I went to Voodoo and I, I rented it for like $20. I started watching it. And I could not get into it to save my life. And I stopped watching it. And then about two weeks later, I rented it again. $20. So I've spent $40 so far on this movie. And I was determined by God, I'm going to watch it all the way through. And it's just meh. I just, you know, it ticks all the right boxes. It is, it is um, uh, Kate Blanchett. And she's a manipulative, spooky, creepy weirdo. She's um, uh, it's an art house movie about art is Todd Field is the director. Todd, Todd Fields is the director, but it just never takes off. It's just, it's long. And I kept waiting for there to be like this big Oscar moment where she screams and shouts and, and that, that doesn't happen. And you keep, I kept thinking, waiting for the movie to take off. And then all of a sudden it's, and it's over, it's done. And there's never like a scene. There's never anything that that gives you like this is her Oscar scene, you know. And I'm thinking that she's going to get the Oscar. She's going to get the Oscar, even though Viola Davis for Warrior Female or Woman Warrior Queen or whatever that was, right? Should probably do it. Did anyone else watch it? And what did anyone else think? I did watch it, and I love Kate Blanchett. So she didn't have to do very much right? for me to enjoy it. And she didn't do very much. I mean, no. I thought the potential story of politics in an orchestra was sort of interesting. But it, yeah. like you said, the whole sort of story sort of carried on in the background. Like even the supposed grooming of the yes, favoritism, think, sort of like a background story. It didn't you seem... think that would be right? It was so perfect to, to tackle right now. And yet they never really did. I could have done with something far more melodramatic and over the top. Just a huge, that's, that's what like, I'm saying. 
orchestral maneuvers in the dark. I, 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 I wanted a big screaming yes. scene where she bra- or a breakdown scene. Yes. Let's remake it. I think it was <laughs> Let's do it. I'll be K. I'll do the guitar character. I have a question. I've not seen the movie, but it recently this week received a Glad Media Award nomination. And some snarky person said, and I want you to uh, decode this for me, that Tar just got a Glad Media Award. It's the kind of movie that 20 years ago it would be protesting against. Well, I think we should protest it. I mean, the the idea of of sort of glamorizing a groomer is is I guess what the problem with giving her a glad award is. But you can, but not every character has to be a hero for you right. to make a movie about them. They don't. Not everyone has to be a a good person for the character to be interesting. Well, this is right. that whole debate of the the sort of. I think silly debate about like yes. bad gays are back in white. Yeah, who cares? I don't care if you're gay, if it's a good gay or a bad gay, or it's just, I, it's just, it is rep- representation. Just as long as it's gay. Awful person. Right. <laughs> Let's leave so, it on that note. That was the perfect thing to say. It's just so weird. I mean, it's, it's, Tom, I think you have to watch it actually because I yeah, know you, yeah. you rightly, Tom, have problems with movies. Just who's got time in a TikTok world? Who's got time for stuff that comes at you in a very minor key? Because I think Tar it, is a movie in a minor key. Hey, you, that's that you put the you put the nail on it right there, Fenton. Can you hear? All I have to say about that. Can you hear the background noise? Is there a cat mewling or something? There's a gar- the gardener is trimming my bush. Oh. <laughs> with a chainsaw. Was well, it needed? Good God, I've seen that thing. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's Tar at number nine. Um, it's available to rent, as James has told you. Okay, let's move on. Number eight. Oh, it's me. Number eight. Number eight. Shotgun Wedding. J-Lo has a new movie about her getting married. Is it just me or does she only make movies about her getting married? Like, because I can't remember. I think what the algorithm has spoken and it's talked to Jennifer and said, just do wedding movies. Right. Whether it's Jennifer or Benefer or the last movie she was in, the name of which I can't remember. It was a wedding movie. And it's anyway, all Marry Me. And it's always uh, at Valentine's Day that they come out. Right. And this is, coming to, this is coming to Amazon Prime. And I have to tell you, I actually haven't seen it. I've just seen the trailer um, because Jazz, as a friend of all of ours, she invited me to go to see it, but I couldn't go. So she took Nolan instead to the premiere last night. And um, it was Wait, did very... Nolan get to meet her? Did Nolan see Jennifer Lopez she in person? saw Jennifer Lopez. But what I was she to... wearing? But I have to tell you, the... there's another Jennifer in town. Uh, everybody's favorite Jennifer of the moment, Jennifer Coolidge. And Jennifer Coolidge, she's in the trailer. She steals every moment of the trailer. Uh, You're like, but she doesn't even get, she's not even the billing block of, you know, because it's Josh Jamal, Lenny Kravitz, Cheech Marin, that Cheech and Chong, and uh, J-Lo, of course. But Jennifer Coolidge steals the trailer. And the, I think the movie, from what I can gather, it's kind of like White Lotus meets Die Hard. You know, it's like a wedding party in a rich, uh, exotic destination. They're all taken hostage by some terroristas. Um, and so they have to take them out. But here's the story. I didn't get to go, but Nolan got to go. And Jazz had just met Jennifer the other night. There was an awards ceremony. I don't think it was the Golden Globes. Was there another one? Lopez after the College. SAG Award. Uh, Oh, Critics' Choice. All of them. Anywho, Jazz was telling Jennifer about Nolan's birthday dinner because Nolan just turned 16 and he was like, he didn't want a big party. He just wanted a little dinner with some friends. And so we thought, let's do a White Lotus dinner party um, theme. Yeah, that's sort of funny because Nolan loves White Lotus. So anyway, there he is last night at this premiere and Jennifer and he meets her and she's like Nolan I heard you had a white lotus team birthday so they got on that was just a lovely a lovely moment amazing isn't that really it really is crazy Um, I am so much more likely to watch the Jennifer Lopez marriage movie than I am to 
ever watched Tar to see now. <laughs> I think that is absolutely the truth. I think if we make you if we make you watch Tar Tom, which is not a it's impossible to get you to watch to do that, but you would probably hate us forever, I think. I hate wow. a long movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it is long, isn't it, James? It's like three hours. Uh, they they milk that twenty dollars, boy. They make it, you work for it. I've sat next to Jennifer Coolidge like twice at movie uh, screenings, and I think one of them was at the Freak Show screening. James, stop it! Really? Yeah, I'll be damned. Was I she handsy at all there. with you? Or oh yeah, <laughs> Shotgun Wedding, January twenty seventh. That's next Friday on Amazon Prime, and I think it's only eighty or ninety minutes long. Hmm. Love that. All right, um, let's take a quick break. Drag Race Universe is a new fast channel that is free ad-supported streaming television. So basically, it's like you can watch it for free, and it you can't choose what you watch. You just it plays like linear TV, and it has ads in it. But it's Drag Race Universe, and there uh, are uh, multiple seasons of seat of. Of Drag Race from the franchise. So it's Drag Race all the time. It's Thank you. Drag Race all the time. Do you know how you access it? Because this came out and no one told me. Not that you have to, but I was a little confused. It's called Drag Race Universe. And currently it is on Vizio.tv. But it'll be on all those, you know, Rokus and Freebies and what have yous in due course. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're very excited to do that with uh, our partners at Blue Ant Media. They're the people who we make Drag Race Canada with. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Blake, have you got a question? Sure. Um, how many number one hits does Madonna have? And which one was our longest running number one? Oh, that's interesting. Kind of surprising. Oh, wow. All right. We'll have the answer for you right after the break here on The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom, uh, who's in London. Actually, I should say Windsor. And James, who's in Hollywood. And Blake, with the question, with the answer to the question. Yeah. Um, How many number one hits has Madonna had? And what is her longest running number one? Well, I think I know this. I think she's had 172 number one hits. And I think that the longest running hit was uh, Rain. I'm going to say that the longest number one was Ray of Light. And, oh. and I think she's had 20 number one hits. Well, I, I got to say, I think she's had 63 uh, number one hits. Oh. And Wait, are these all? Are, are are you counting number one dance hits, or are they all number one on the pop chart? Oh, now you're getting like uh, specific pop yeah. charts. Pop charts. Oh, well, then, then I'm changing mine to three. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it would have to be Vogue. <laughs> Good guesses, um, James. I would say you were the closest with your first one because if you took the seven out. It would just be 12. She had oh. 12 number one hits. Oh. And her longest running was actually Take a Bow from Bedtime Stories. That's oh. interesting. That song. I forget about Take a Bow. It's one of my favorite songs. I'm going to hear her sing that too. Seven weeks in 95, I believe. Wait, is that, that the was... bullfight where she's in the, like the 1940s outfit one? Oh, that's that's such a good look for her. And it came out just as I was breaking up, breaking up with this guy named Bradley. And it was our... And that's what the sort of the video was. She was sort of auditioning for Evita. She had that Evita look about her that she was trying to get. Yes, exactly. But why was it number one for so long? Because I mean, it's a nice song, but it's not like quintessential Madonna or it appeals to such a large group. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's like adult contemporary. I got it. I got. Well, that makes sense. I guess. All right, we're counting down the top ten things that made us go wow this week, and we've reached number seven. Tom, number seven. So TV 
in the UK, linear TV is a little rough. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> I tell you. It's a little rough. You. you know, everyone's on streamers and there's lots of other ways to get, but I'm just sitting. Sometimes you're just brain dead and you're clicking through the channels. But I came upon the best show that I wanted to share with you. I thought I discovered it and then I realized it came out last year. But it's new to me and I want to talk to you about it. It's so British, but it's Joanna Lumley, Greatest Cities of the World. And it's on ITV. And I think you can watch it even on YouTube in the States. And I think they do a lot with the different people doing it, the greatest cities of the world. But Joanna Lumley is so delightful. I got to meet her on Drag Race briefly when she was a guest judge last season in the UK. But she's so articulate. And, and there's three cities she does. I just saw Rome, which was fantastic. Uh, but she also does Berlin and Paris. And But she speaks Italian. So she's like half in English, half in Italian. She a little bit, you know, it's so British because she only did three. And you would think of this idea in the States and it'd be like, yeah, how many can you do? And I don't watch those Bourdain. I just never have watched those things. But this just sucked me in. And she, in, in one fantastic hour, she opened the Sistine Chapel. She's, she found the key to the key to the key, the one key that's in an envelope. And then they bust through all these huge doors and turn on the lights. And it, she just, it's, it's, it's rapturous. Then uh, she goes to a bunch of places. But then also she talks about, she goes to a play or an opera of Caesar's, uh, Caesar's assassination. And she says, you know, Shakespeare said it happened at the Forum, but it really happened this other place. It's so ruins, you can't even step in there. She steps in there with this woman. It's just cats all around, which, of course, I love. And then <laughs> at one point, she goes, so where did it actually happen? And the guide is sort of like, following my footsteps. And she shows, she goes, right here. And so Joanna, like, put, th throws herself against the wall and goes, this wall witnessed history. Everything's just fantastic. <laughs> she was so yummy. Um, she she finds a Caravaggio painting in this rel in this obscure uh, 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 church, which uh, you know Caravaggio is all about the light, and you get to watch it by putting the the church raises money by you put a coin in and it lights up, and she's sort of narrating it, and the light goes off, and she puts another quarter or whatever, and it lights up, hilarious and and very informative, and then if if there wasn't enough, her she went to Bulgari, which is nestled underneath the Spanish steps. <sighs> And she talks about, and she talks to someone because they're buying back a lot of their pieces, their iconic, you know, pieces. And they bought back like the Elizabeth Taylor emerald, you know, necklace that, that uh, Burton gave her during Cleopatra. And they talk about how celebrities would sneak in the back and they have all these gorgeous pictures. And they said, this is how celebrities, you know, would find us without being discovered by the paparazzi. And then swear to God, this is the day before we found out she passed in came Gina Lola Brigida. Ah! And I was like, Gina Lola Bridget is still alive? And she's deep, deep in her 90s. She knows she, her hair is done. She's wearing, she's seated. And she talks about her important jewels. And they show vintage photos of her in the 50s. And we sort of, I had forgotten about Gina Lola Brigida and how incredible and sexy. That's so funny because there was just a there was just a, 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 um, an Instagram thing of Gina Lola Brigida's jewels that I just recently looked at. And she had some amazing, amazing pieces. Just unbelievable. Being famous was so different then, right? You just were, all, suddenly you were the cream of the world. She was an international. And then we find out, I find out the next day, that Gina Lola Brigida has passed away. Yeah. yeah. And I Googled pictures. And Sophia Loren is gorgeous. I'm not going to compare them. But Gina Lola, there was something, they just, they talk about faces. People used to have faces and noses. And she was so sexy. And, and I didn't realize how much of a, Italian movie star she was before she became an international movie star. And this, the quote about her um, is her first American movies with Humphrey Bogart in a movie that she replaced Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart made this, Humphrey Bogart made this incredible quote about Gina Lola Brigida saying, Gina Lola Brigida makes Marilyn Monroe look like a girl scout. So um, anyway, Joanna Lumley, I adore you and uh, rest in peace, Gina Lola Brigida. Are these single hour episodes, Tom? Yes. And they're she could so do a good. Whole season in Rome. I mean, she could do like six one hours in Rome, right? I yeah. covered so much. At the end, she uh, uh, Joanna Lumley is like up in up in the tall in the building, and the, the the helicopter carrying the Pope flies by, and she says, "Rome, right. the Eternal City. It's where time uh, telescopes. You know, it all crushes in on itself. Past, present, future. It's just it's well written, and she speaks very well. And I think it's on YouTube. I think you can get it on YouTube. Ah, so. uh, that sounds like fun. That that sounds right up my alley. Yes. All right. Number six, James. Number six. 
Number six, um, Black Adam. I did not see it in the theater, but it is now on HBO Max and on Hulu. And I watched it. And this is another just very odd movie. Okay. Black Adam is um, he's part of the Shazam universe. He's DC is a DC character that in unless you are a huge DC fan, he's not known out. Not many people. Everyone knows Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. Nobody knows who Black Adam is. I don't know why they sunk a hundred million dollars into this. And even if you do know who he is, if you're like a, a DC person, you don't really care about him. He's not that big of a character. He's not that important in in the whole gist of everything. And he's um, uh, he's this antihero. He um is uh given powers by these Egyptian gods, and then he's. Uh, he wakes up after 5,000 years in the day, in modern day times. And he's trying to take out this military group that's trying to take over his country and he's fighting them. And then the justice society comes and he's fighting them. And there's the other, like nobody cares about the justice society. They're all D list people. You've never heard of them. It's Dr. Fate It's cyclone It's Hawkman. Nobody knows these people. Nobody cares about any of these people. And it's, Noah Centineo is in it, who is supposed to be a huge star by now. I've talked about him a million times. He's cute. He's goofy. He's he's cute. He sort of makes the movie. But the problem with the movie is, is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's been trying to get this movie made for 10 years, right? It's a passion project of his. And he's 50 years old now. And at 50 years old, to be putting on a pair of spandex tights and it's your first superhero movie, he's just sort of wrinkled and old. And like, like it's, it's, I know it's ageist and people are going to jump on me about this, but if you're 20-somethings and 30-somethings should be in spandex superhero outfits, 50-year-olds just, no matter how big, your, how good your body is or how good looking you are, it's just, you're just an old man in a spandex outfit. <laughs> Well, you know, I I just think the DC universe on film and TV is a complete disaster across the boards. Oh, that, I don't want to oh, talk about that. that oh, that's not a conversation I'm willing to have right now. Oh, gosh, I've triggered James. <laughs> Tom, say something. Help. I just feel like with all the CGI in the world, they could have smoothed him out. He's so beautiful. Well, you you could that that's one thing they should have tried to do. Yes, and the other thing is is the movie is just one. There's not really much of a plot to it. It's just smash them up, bash them up. But and it just it's fight after fight after fight after fight. Like every superhero problem, the problem of every superhero movie. And you think that it's over, and then you've got another forty minutes. And that's the other problem with superhero movies is they always go on too long. I'm telling you, when I run for president, movies under two hours. I'll be like, <laughs> that's your platform. Yes, that's it. Black Adam is streaming on Prime Video. Number five. Number five. I'm going to set this up like a Blake question. What was the name of the first drag queen elected to Congress? <laughs> I know. <laughs> George Santos, of course. Yes. <laughs> now, look, I mean, I just, I have to say, you know, I'm known for my sort of MAGA rants and what have you, but I have been fascinated by the George Santos story. Uh, one, you know, a few lies is, you know, what you would expect of anyone at the GOP, but lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. I love the interview with him where the uh, Fox News anchor was saying, you know, that your resume is like basically a load of old shit. And he says, well, you know, it's, 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 what did he, he said embellishment. embellishments. They're embellishments. embellishments. And she was like, well, mm, not sure it's embellished as, you know, completely made he just up. He just should have gone with alternate facts. He just should have said it's a bunch of alternate facts. The old news then is that he didn't work where he said he worked, Goldman Sachs, City Call. He didn't go to school where he said he went. Horace Mann, Barack, NYU. He didn't go to college where he said he didn't go to college at all. He isn't Jewish. His mother didn't die on 9-11. He didn't lose colleagues in the Pulse nightclub shooting. And even though he's gay, he was married, which that's not a disqualifying thing. That may be true, actually. Many straight people, uh, many gay people are married to women, right? I mean, so anyway. Um, and he hasn't been in Congress very long, <laughs> Uh, he already has an act, a bill named after him, the Stopping Another Non-Truthful Officer Seeker Act, spells out Santos, which I think is quite fun. Um, but 
the breaking news is um, Miss Katara, when he was in Brazil defrauding um, some shop by writing checks with a false name, as yeah, just another day's work, he also would get up in drag as uh, Katara. And um, nothing wrong with being a drag queen. Lord knows we love him. Uh, I would say he was not a very good, glamorous drag queen. In fact, I think one of the people who reported this or knew him in back in the day when he was, said he wasn't glamorous enough to be in the gay pride parade. He was just a, a looky-loo, if you will. The one clear picture I saw, he chose to uh, use his natural brow, which is always a mistake. You know, <laughs> gum over your brow, white it out, and, and raise your brow. Give yourself a little, you know, heighten, heighten the look, you know? Yeah. James, have you seen the pictures? I have. I love them. I think it's fantastic. I I I find it so. It, it's on the one hand, you want to be upset and you want to be, you know, just outraged and everything like that. But considering, you know, I mean, considering Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bobart and and you know Matt Gates and all these people, like it just sort of seems absolutely normal now. Like I can't. It's so normalized these outrageous, terrible people that like you just. It's sort of like you have to like either laugh about it because they aren't going to do anything about it. Lord knows the Republicans aren't going to don't have a problem with it. So why should we? Well, exactly. And I mean, perhaps the fact he was in drag is the one thing that will motivate the uh, Republicans to try and oust him from his seat. Because as we know, which, which that... is funny because that's the that's the one thing about him that I like. You know? Exactly right. He was a horrible drag queen. We've all been there. Right. So maybe if it, if we were to make a movie, what would be what would it be called? The uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. I mean, the talented Mr. Si- I fucked up my own joke. Um, what would the movie be called? It'd be called the talented Mr. Santos. There I we like go. It. I think it's a drag race challenge where each queen gets a chance to make him over. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the way to do it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, he could be on that. Maybe he could be on that gay best friends of Hollywood thing with Todrick, and uh, he could be. He could be. <laughs> he probably is, actually. <laughs> Finale. All right. Well, he has officially denied, despite of the fact that there are pictures. Of course, he has denied the fact that he ever was in drag, um, because of course this is uh, George Santos who has aligned himself with um, saying that drag queens and drag shows groom children. Um, and uh, he said, quote, the, con- the media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I'm working to deliver results. I think I'm going to start using that line, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, oh, speaking of packed with glorious insider gossip and amazing celebrity stories, Linda Bailey's new book, that's me, Screen Age, tells a wider story of how television has fundamentally shifted our reality from Tammy Faye to RuPaul's Drag Race. Available here in the States at the WOW store, store.worldofwonder.com, or you can pre-order now uh, at Amazon. Hmm. Poor Fenton Bailey. You couldn't get any one of us to push it for you? Well, I was going to ask, but then I thought you'd say, how dare you? I've never been so outraged in my life. Poor poor Fenton out there on the street with a copy of the book flagging down drivers. Well, buy my book, please. As someone who's read the book four times, I'd be happy to push it for you. Oh, thank you. I will ask you. I I have 30 more pages in it, and I'm loving every second of it. Oh, bless you. Well, thank you very much. Um, Blake, do you have a question? Maybe I do. My, maybe it's about my book. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's not, but maybe next oh, week. Okay, you just can't catch a break. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, how many? Who was the first president to visit all fifty states? Oh. Hmm. We'll have the answer right here on the Wow Report after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report that make us go wow and welcome back to the wow report it's benton here with tom and james and blake we're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow and blake you had a question for us yeah who was the first president to travel to all 50 states well it has to have been since the 50 states were there tom you have that's a good point which in hawaii and and alaska were 59 so 
I'm thinking Kennedy. I'm thinking Jet Age. I'm thinking Stomping Kennedy. See, I, I was, I'm going. I'm with you. But I'm thinking it was Eisenhower right before because Eisenhower had a little longer to do it. Maybe. I think it's a non-distinct one, like uh, Gerald Ford. Oh, possibly. There you go, Blake. Who is it? Well, you're all wrong. Unfortunately, it was the morally corrupt Richard Nixon. Uh, he did travel a lot, didn't he? He got around. He went to China. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow, we've reached number four. Tom. Number four. Well, James, I am glad you're back because last week with Randy here, I had to be the one who was like uh, grimacing about everything. So you thank had God to be you're cranky back. pants. Oh, no. Yes, you're I was never cranky, cranky pants. Pant. You are never cranky pants. I'm I was last week, pants. wasn't I, Fenton? You were a little, yes. <laughs> I was angry. I didn't even know why. I was, oh my God, I'm filling a void. I'm filling a void. But I'm back to my, I want to focus in 2023 on the positive, on the good things. And these are some things as a consumer of pop culture and particularly as a gay man, pop culture person, I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to see what you guys are too. First of all, it's a smaller one, but I'm excited. It was just released this week that Meryl Streep is joining the third season cast of Only Murders in the Building. Hallelujah. I mean, Bring it's the Lord. Just reminds me how much I love that friggin' show and how they had Shirley MacLaine on last week. And I think Paul Rudd's in it. It's just, it's a little jewel box of a show. And I can't wait to see how they use Meryl Streep. Why can't Meryl Streep, though, be in Only Murders, Hacks, and White Lotus? Uh, that is, would, yeah. And House of Dragons, too. Put her on her dragon, yeah. I say. A trifecta. Like you should yeah. do them all. Get her out. Yeah. The second news, which I was excited about, but there's some controversy, is that uh, one of the hunks, Theo James from White Lotus, who played the oh. sleazy husband, cheating husband, yeah. Theo oh, James, yeah. it's been announced, is going to play George Michael in a new biopic, a big budget biopic about George Michael, along the lines of the Elton John biopic or the uh, Queen Eddie, Eddie Mercury. Um, I think it's great casting. Uh, I love George Michael. I think he has a tragic story. I love his music. Uh, there was no greater star uh, and with a greater fall, and yet, you know, what do you guys, but, um, oh, Adam Lambert came out on social media yep, to yep. say another straight guy oh. playing a gay guy. And Adam kind of wants to part for himself, which he has, he has the music. He has the chops for it. He does. He but does. Musically. You got to give it to Theo James for who looks is, is uncanny. Dead oh, ringer, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I go back and forth about this because it would be wonderful if there was a gay star that could pull it off musically and everything like that. I sometimes I sometimes think the the best part, you know, the best actor should play the best part, and it doesn't matter. It, you know, you don't have to be a a, a polar bear to be in a uh, to play a polar bear in a movie. I mean, like you just you don't like you don't have to be the character that you're playing. You just right. you don't. But by the same token, it would be nice if there was a gay star to pull it off. Fenton, and you know, Adam Lambert's an amazing singer and doesn't necessarily hasn't proved himself as an actor, to be honest. So, and I don't, I don't think he has the, I don't think he has the right look for it, whereas Theo James does. Yeah, Fenton, where are you on this? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think Theo James will be brilliant, and um, I, I'm totally with you, James. I don't think you have to be a polar bear to be a polar bear. I I don't know Uh, where that came from, but I'm standing by it. Okay, with I love it. It's I going to be the quote on the George Michael uh, uh, poster. <laughs> yeah. um, last but certainly not least, you know, know Adam, sorry, 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 though. Can Adam Lambert should play? Um, oh, who was the guy in Wham? Uh, uh, Ridgely, Andrew Ridgely. Oh, Andrew Ridgely. You, okay, okay. You know, that's, that's a bit of a shady comment. Is it? <laughs> Why? Why is it shady? I guess that's fine. No, it's, no. it's just Andrew is small. It's small. I have worries though for the story. I, you know, I think it's a. I think it's a bleak, dark story without much hope. Well, it depends it how much is, they tell I, of it and where it ends. Mm-hmm. And there's also great joy and success. And I totally agree with you. It's a super sad story. The way to fix this is you you focus on one particular episode of his life. You focus on the, the bathroom thing and the fallout from that. James, you know, I can tell you they are not going to do that. 
But, but no, but, but I'm telling you, I would watch a show about the fallout for, from a sex scandal like that. I think therein, you don't have to have the, the, you know, the early days. You don't have to have the ending. You just focus on that one particular moment and the fallout that it had for gay culture in, in particular and how that opened doors for not, not sex shaming people. You know, I think all of that is fascinating. Last but not least, we know Dolly Parton's making a rock album. This week we learned that she's doing covers of the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Prince, Journey, Leonard Skinner, and she has um, she's working with uh, Paul McCartney. She's singing with Paul McCartney. Stevie Nicks is on this album. John no. Fogarty, Pink, Brandy Carlisle, and yes, and yes, Dolly Parton and Cher. And I just orgasmed. I just orgasmed right here on my. I, I, I so my chair is soaking wet. Bruce, who I work with, said, "Have they ever done anything together?" So I googled, and there was a share special in '77 where they sang like "Heaven and Hell," like a medley of like "Heaven." Oh, I saw that. I've seen that. Yes, yes. She was in heaven, and and Cher was in hell. Yes, that's right. Um, and last but not least, Dionne Warwick, separately from the Rock album, has recorded. A duet with Dolly Parton, and we have to look forward to that. So Meryl Streep, Only Murders in the Building, you know, Theo James, George Michael picture, and right away all these Dolly songs are coming, I hope, soon. So that's something to look forward to, James, when you get a little extra cranky pantsy. I love that. Things that will make us go wow. Mm. Yes. All right. Number three, James. Number three. Number three. I watched a movie called The Pale Blue Eye with... uh. Uh, Christian Bale and Gillian Anderson, and it seems like it's Oscar bait. It's got Oscar bait written all over it, and yet nobody's heard about it. Have you heard one word about this? Do you know about this? Nope, nope, nope. nope. No. Okay. It, let me set it up for you. It's a fictional story um, uh, featuring a real-life person, Edgar Allan Poe, okay? And so it's set in 1830 at West Point, uh, West Point Academy when Edgar Allan Poe was a student there, okay? And one of the students, one of the cadets commits suicide. He hangs himself. And the next day, while the, someone breaks into the room where the body was and carves out his heart, okay? So there's this giant mystery. What, he kills himself, and then somebody comes in and desecrates the body. What's going on here? What's the story? Well, so the head of West Point Academy brings in a detective played by Christian Bale to figure this out, figure it out. Now, if you know your history, you know that in 1830, there were no such things as detectives. It wasn't a job. It wasn't even a word. Edgar Allan Poe is credited with writing the first detective story, Murder in the Rue Morgue. Okay. Wow. No, yeah, I some, think people, think it was, some people think it was Wilkie Collins who did Moonstone, but you can debate it. Edgar Allan Poe wrote Murders in the Rue Morgue in 1940 and set off the vogue for detective stories. And, 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 and Murders in the Rue Morgue, they don't even use the word detective. That doesn't come till later. So essentially, this is an origin story of why Edgar Allan Poe wrote the first detective story. Oh. You think that's fascinating, okay? You think, wow, this really has potential. But no. Yeah. No. Oh. It is the most boring, the dullest, the longest. It is like if ASMR was a movie, everybody whispers their dialogue and nobody ever talks above a whisper. It is like this the whole time. And it goes on and on and on. And once again, there is no climax. There is no big scene in it. Jillian Anderson is great. Christian Bale is great. They're all great, blah, blah, blah. The only reason... Oh, and the guy who plays Edgar Allan Poe, his name is Henry Melling, okay? And I don't know if they CGI'd him. I don't know if it's prosthetics. I don't know what the hell they did to him. But he is the weirdest looking freak you've ever seen captured on camera. You cannot take your eyes off how weird looking this guy is. Is You watch it for the, that because you can't figure out, if, is this movie magic? Is he just a weird looking guy? You can't figure it out. The other thing is the costuming. These outfits, the jelly, it's very specific. 1830 had these big, huge balloon sleeves and the colors and the fabric, everything. Watch it for the costumes. Watch it for how weird the character of Edgar Allan Poe is. But the rest of it just sucked donkey balls. 
<laughs> Maybe that's why we've not heard about it. <laughs> yeah, it's because you would think that you you would sound Edgar Allan Poe, Jillian yes. uh, Anderson, Christian Bale. You'd think it would, has Oscar all over it, but dear God in heaven. I think I may be related to Edgar Allan Poe. What? Yeah. My grandmother on my dad's side, their Poe is like a family name. Uh, And what wasn't he from like Iowa or something like that? I'm just making this up. He's from Boston or like somewhere in the north. You could have just agreed with me, Blake. Yeah. uh Yeah. (laughs) All right. Moving on to number two. I'm going to do a rest in perfection. Number two. Rest in perfection, Ed Pressman. Um, don't oh. know if you know who he, Yes. I had pioneering, no idea. Pioneering independent producer. And, of course, James, the producer of Party Monster, the movie. Yes. But, yes. but perhaps better known for um, Wall Street, uh, Conan the Barbarian, um, mm-hmm. Bad Lieutenant, uh, American Psycho, the Crow, Judge Dredd. Those are just a few of more than huge, huge movies. You know, yes. it, it's funny because I used to see Ed. Um, there's a, a Thai restaurant that we used to go. I used to go to, and he was there almost every day. I love Ed Pressman. I had no idea. He was so lovely, and um, you know, it, he he was the producer who embraced films that Hollywood just never wanted to touch. And that was certainly our experience with him, <laughs> with the party monster. Um, but he was great. I mean, he was so lovely and supportive. And, and sort the of... stories he would tell, he is one of those old Hollywood people who has yeah. been around and knew everyone. And you could just getting him talking was just it's such a delight. And shockingly, James, not that old. I mean, just 79 years old. Oh. I mean, wow. really. I mean, that is such a you know. One of the last things he was involved with, which I have to say I haven't seen, is a documentary called "Dear Mr. Brody," and I'm going to seek it out after this and find out where I can watch it. But Michael, this is based on a true what well, true story. Michael Brody Jr. was the 21 year old heir to the Olio Olio Margarine fortune. Sure, Olio, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And he said. I guess this was back in the 60s or 70s. He said that he would give $25 million to anyone who asked. And this became a big pre-internet viral sensation. I think he was on talk shows. Yes. No, I would like some. I was just putting it (laughs) He was on talk shows. And needless to say, the world and his mother wrote to him, you know, please give me this. Please give me that. Well, I forget exactly what went awry, but... I don't believe the money ended up being given out because the whole well-intentioned project, which I think came out of the sort of hippie era, just sort of went off the rails and it just was impossible to do. But Ed Pressman found boxes and boxes of correspondence of all the letters that were written to Michael Brody Jr. And for many, many years, he wanted to make a movie and the movie never got made. But recently, a director came along and said, let's make a documentary. And Dear Mr. Brody is a documentary that came out of a couple of years ago. Um, and apparently, it's absolutely fascinating because it's all about the letters and the stories of the people who wrote to him and what was behind that. So, um, but thank you, Ed Pressman, for... That's, that really, that's really shocking and sad because I, he's, I really did, I genuinely enjoyed my time spent with him. He's really, it was a fantastic mm. person. Oh, he loved you. He really did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Good news is Pressman Films is still around. His son, I think, is in his 30s, is um, taking over the business. So rest in perfection, Ed Pressman, and onwards, right? We'll take one more break, and I will just tell you this. House of Love, available in four delicious cocktails and two mouth-watering mocktails. Perfect party viewing for Drag Race Season 15. You can order them at houseoflovecocktails.com. And you can subscribe and get discounts and merch. I personally love the, the underwear. Um, with, you know, the packaging I'm a fan of the House of Love fanny pack. There I said it. There you go. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll re- we will reveal. Let's reveal. The number one thing this week that made us go, wow. 
You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. Fenton here with James and Tom and Blake. We've been counting down the top 10 things this week that made us go wow. And we've reached number one. Number one. I think we were all shocked uh, when we heard the news that Lisa Marie Presley, at the very young age of 54, passed away this past week. You know, it's the week started with her uh, doing a lot of public appearances, red carpet at the Golden Globes in in support of the Elvis movie. And of course, Austin Butler uh, was with her and 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 mentioned her in his speech. And uh, and then a day or two later, she had a cardiac arrest and passed away. And Lisa Marie, I don't think it was a secret that she battled substance abuse is clearly in her family DNA and um, also tragically had, you know, lost her son. Uh, yeah, I to, don't think she ever got over that. I think, I, I think don't know how you could. And out. you know, it's, it's, it's um, the movie of Elvis is worth watching. It's really interesting. I said before, and with no disrespect to Priscilla or anything, we love Elvis. Elvis was a very unique star and it, Priscilla and Lisa Marie both have done a really good job of, 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 crystallizing his 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 myth to be kind of to clean it up a little bit and to talk about his love for Priscilla and his love for Lisa Marie which I don't doubt but like he ended in a, in a terrible way too in a mess and you just see how addiction keeps I don't know rearing its head in that family yeah, and cascading such- generational trauma is what they call it just generational trauma um huh. interestingly you know that that when elvis died he was only worth like two or four million or something like that and they built when they opened up graceland they built it up to a hundred million and then yeah. she lost a hundred million dollars huh. how does a person do that what she, happened she spent it she she had bad business management and everything but she built after building up a hundred million dollar fortune from graceland she ended up being like destitute after that it was sort of it's a crazy story um, her whole Michael Jackson thing is crazy. It's weird because, at, you know, Daily Mail, how snarky they are and how mean they are. After the Golden Globes, there was article after article after article about how how horrible she looked at the Golden Globes. And she looked gray and pasty. And everyone was like, ah, she looks like crap. And the comments were so nasty. And then come to find out that she had had a cardiac uh, problem, you know, arrest right after that. It was a very shocking. It, what it reminded me of, it reminded me of Carrie Fisher. Just going like like that, just like one day she's there and that, like just that weird, like how precious life is and how fast it can just be gone. Yeah. And there's something, you know, the, the talk of the town is Nepo babies and that all that kind of thing and all this disrespect. But we do, you know, our pop stars are our Greek gods, you know, and it's hard not to be sucked into the story of Lisa Marie and Elvis yeah. and now this tragedy. It's hard not to feel involved and she was so beautiful and she looked like elvis uh her daughter she i didn't realize she had had twins uh who were like 10 or 11 right was riley and was riley the twin with the the boy no it's riley and then she has two twins harper a a set of twins harper there's three children she leaves behind yeah um so rest in rest in power rest in perfection Mm -hmm. dolly parton wrote this thing only dolly could do this and make me cry and she said, oh, well, she said, oh, Priscilla, I'm so sorry for your loss. You made me cry. And she says, Elvis, your baby girl's coming home. Like, oh, you get to be back together oh. again. And again, just the sentiment there is pretty, uh, pretty poor, poor, you know, Priscilla, I mean, talk about a life, you know, right there. Priscilla needs her own biopic. Well, thank you for listening. Sorry to end it on a sad note, but uh, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Um, thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. And thank you all out there for listening. Uh, you can catch previous shows on the YouTube channel, Wow Presents. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow.